Hallelujah. How many of you are determined? Glory to God. Let's pray as we prepare to go into the word of the Lord this morning. I'm so excited. I just feel like Jeremiah said, fire, shut up in my bones. Y'all going to be blessed this morning. Father, we just love you. We adore you. We bless you. We thank you so much uh, that you have called us for such a time as this to be a people, Lord, that make a difference in the earth. Father, there are challenges that we all have to face. There are difficulties. There are obstacles along the way that try to derail us from coming into our destiny. But I pray this morning, God, that as we hear this word, uh, as you speak through me, because, Lord, I only stand as your servant. There is nothing good and wonderful about me. I'm just simply here saying, Lord, use me for your glory. I pray that as the words come out of my mouth, your Holy Spirit will speak through me right into the hearts of your people. And they will in turn be set ablaze, encouraged, inspired, empowered to do things that they didn't even think that they had the capability of doing because our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we could ever ask or think. And so and so, Lord, I pray this morning. Uh, that a spirit of encouragement will come over your people. Uh, Lord, that they will feel like they can leap over walls, God, and they can feel like they can go the distance for you and nothing can stop them, God, from accomplishing what you have placed in their heart to do. Father, I pray this morning that you will get every ounce of glory that when we leave, when it's all said and done, we will know that we've been in the presence of the Lord and our hearts will burn within us. Because of your glory, hallelujah, because of your mighty power and because of the spirit of the Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus name. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the gospel of Luke chapter number 18. Uh, We'll begin reading in verses 18 through 35. The gospel of Luke chapter 18 verses 35 through 43. I think I did a switch on you. Luke 18, verses 35 through 43. Are you there? Amen. Amen. Then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. (laughs) And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned that he should be quiet. (laughs) But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Immediately he received his sight, followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Praise is contagious. Did you notice that? Praise is contagious. There are times in our life, and I'm sure some of you have experienced 
times when you just felt like quitting? Have anybody ever been there, done that? You know, maybe you've experienced divorce or perhaps a loss of a loved one. Uh, maybe you had a big dream and that dream was broken and you became very, very discouraged. Or maybe you've had times in your life where you've disappointed, you let God down, you sinned against God and you felt really, really bad about it and you entertain the feeling or the emotion of quitting. Life has a way of throwing some tough stuff at you. Jesus said it this way. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. He says, but be of good cheer. For I've overcome. And if I have overcome, then that means you and I overcome. But, you know, the devil spends a lot of time telling you otherwise. He's always whispering to you how you can't make it. He's always telling you what you can't do. And then he has some servants that come alongside of, you know, he bring them along and he send them to you to tell you what you cannot do. And so life is hard. And Jesus understood that it would be a challenge. He knew that. But sometimes we just kind of we kind of forget. And every now and then we think, well, you know, maybe I just need to just quit. It ain't working out for me. You know, I've tried that and I've done the Christian thing. And I prayed. I've been praying about this for two hours and God still ain't moved. Maybe it's time for me to quit giving the towel, to, you know, throwing the towel. But how many know you can't live your life based on how you feel? Your feelings will play tricks on you. You know, sometimes you come to church, you're happy. I can tell sometimes by the mood when you come here, I can tell when I have to preach a little harder. I can tell when I have to pray a little harder because I can feel how sometimes you all, we walk in church struggling. Sometimes we walk in church thinking, why why am I here today? Because the devil is just beating you up because he's trying his best to keep you from what God has for you. And so your emotions are always like this. And it's those that have learned to train their spirit to overcome that. You see, Paul said, I just love to beat my flesh. And I make my flesh do what my flesh don't want to do. I'm in control of this. David put it this way. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Meaning, flesh, you got no option. You're going to give God the praise today. I know flesh, you would have loved to stay in the bed today. I know, flesh, that you just want to do your own thing. But today, flesh, we're going to church and we're going to give God the glory. We're going to give God the praise because you don't control this. Come on. See, that's the place that we got to get where we just look at your flesh and say, die, flesh. We got to come there, you see. God did not design us to be quitters. There are no quitters in the kingdom. In fact, the Bible says, did the Bible say that we are overcomers? No, it did not. Come on. Oh, there you go. The Bible says that not really, we're more than overcomers. That means that we didn't just barely make it. Come on. You're supposed to be knocking this thing out of the park. He says, you're more than enough. You're just not overcoming. No, you're not. The, you know how you talk to some Christians. How you doing? I'm barely making it. What, what, what kind of life are you living? 
You mean the same resurrection power that got Jesus up from the dead and you barely making it? That power living on the inside of you and you are barely making it? What kind of Bible are you reading? Oh, glory to God. God did not design us to be quitters. He says we're overcomers. More than overcomers. Quitting is for cowards. There are no quitters in the kingdom. See, you read the Bible, I don't care, you can read it a hundred different ways. Every time you turn around, all you see is people overcoming stuff. The Bible talks about in Hebrews how many of them died in faith. They had not received the promise yet, but they knew in the spirit they had it. So they, listen, they never ever lived their life with their head hung down. Let me tell you something. You, listen, if you are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, don't you ever walk around with your head hung down. You are an overcomer. You got everything to be excited about. You got every reason to be happy in Jesus because I like how a proverb says it this way. The righteous fall seven times but get right back up. So you think about, you think about Moses. You think about David. They all had failures, right? But they just got right back up. Think about Peter. I never knew him. I don't know who Jesus is. Don't know him. Never seen him a day in my life. Don't know. Get him out of my life. Don't know him. I saw you hanging out with him. You, in fact, you talked to your country boy, the way you talk. You've been hanging. No, no, no. Next thing I know, Peter standing up preaching at Pentecost, 3,000 people getting saved. At that moment, the Bible said Peter wept bitterly. You would have thought the case closed. Show's over. Peter bounced right back up. See, when the Bible says the righteous fall seven times and get right back up, it doesn't mean literally it's seven. It's, just, it's a cute little way of saying the righteous has never quit. See, the wicked flees when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. Good God Almighty. See, God didn't make no quitters. It says over in the book of Timothy, I believe 2 Timothy says, endure hardness as a good soldier. Now, I've never been in the military, but boy, I love, the, I love a good soldier when I see one. And, and no offense to any other branch of the military, but, but I like the Marines because they got a warrior, man. They, every, I mean, it doesn't matter if they could have been out of the military 10, 15, 20, 30 years. When you talk to a, a soldier, a Marine, they act like they're still in the Marine Corps. They got a warrior mentality. There's something about them. They got a lot of fight. They just, it doesn't matter what they're They're just trained to know that we're overcomers. We're the best of the best. See, you got to know that you are the best of the best. You got what it takes living down on the inside of you. See, endure hardness. In other words, it's supposed to be hard. Did you know that? Jesus didn't promise you a bed of roses. He didn't say it's all going to work out in your, just, just perfect for you. Now, it's all going to work out in your favor in the long run. You understand that because the Bible says all things work together for good for those who love God. I mean, you love God and called according to his purpose. Well, I'm called according. Well, good. And you know, it's going to work good for you. No matter what you are facing today, no matter what it looks like right now, because see, the, the Bible says the just shall live by what? Faith. So I know that devil, anything, that I'm not concerned about what it looks like in the flesh. See, if I was concerned about what it looked like in the flesh, I wouldn't be standing up here. Amen. Come on. I'm, come on. I'm just telling you like it is because you tell me like it is. I wouldn't. But see, I look, I look, I'm looking at something else. You see, I'm looking at a higher calling. I'm, I, I see in the realm of the spirit, the just shall live by faith. Yes. So the righteous ain't, we're not quitters. 
No Christian should be walking around talking about, oh, you know, my life, I can't make it. Oh, yo, you know, my life is this and my life is that. Nobody love me. Nobody care about me. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Oh, come on. Get off of yourself. Get over yourself. Hallelujah. You know, I hear people sometimes say Christians are, Christianity are for weak people. Weak-minded people. The devil is a lie. You see how the devil, you know, the devil's dirty, isn't he? The Bible says he's a father of lies. How are you going to call believers weak when my God created the heavens and the earth? And he called me, got his spirit living down on the inside of me. The Bible said we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And the enemy comes up and tells you, you're weak. Oh, you're not weak. You just, we just need to get a revelation of how strong we really are. Glory to God. And you need to understand you're strong. I like how Jesus, now talking about this issue of determination, Jesus put it this way. He says, you remember Jesus said in Luke 12, 50, you can just write it down. Jesus says, I got a baptism to be baptized with. And he says, I am determined to accomplish this work. Determination. Jesus, look, I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what they think about me. I don't care how they look at me. You know how people don't like you, you know how they look at you? You can tell them people don't like you, they just look at you funny. But see, when you're like Jesus, I, Jesus, I got a baptism to be baptized with. God has set a purpose in me. He's called me to something great. He's called me to something wonderful. And let me tell you something, nothing is going to stop me from doing what God has put in my heart to do, baby. Nothing. Not you, not your attitude, nothing. Because I am determined to accomplish what God has put in my heart to do. So you need to have that kind of faith. Because that's, that's, that's how your daddy thinks. Yes. See, your God, see, your God is big on faith. Look at, uh, I believe, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Now, I'm going to read uh, 2 Corinthians 4. 1. I'll read 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 9. And that's going to be in the New Living Translation. And then 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Now, we're in the same thing, but I do want you to see how the Apostle Paul and how many know that he went through some stuff? <laughs> if anybody could have thought about quitting, boy, Paul had a whole lot of stuff he had to deal with. That brother was on the run all the time. People were trying to kill him in every city he went to. He was preaching the gospel. Life was just tough. He had the care of all these churches. He had people accusing him, lying on him, coming after him. He's shipwrecked. He's in deep water. He's locked up. He's in prison. God called me to preach. I'm stuck in the jail. If anybody had a reason to quit, it would have been the apostle Paul. But, but listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Watch this. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy. Now, how many of you would say you receive mercy? We do not lose heart or we do not quit. I want you to hear that. Because Paul understood that, first of all, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you need to understand that. He says, lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. Jesus, Paul understood, and we got to understand that Jesus said that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. That means that you have not little to zero to do with what God is doing in your life. He who has began a good work in you will what? Complete it. He will do it. If he's the author and the finisher, he started it, he's going to end it the way he wants to do it. Paul said, now, since I know all that, I have this ministry, God has put a purpose in me. He said he's with me. He said I can do all things through Christ. Since I know that, I ain't quitting. Amen. That's good, man. 
He said, no matter what happens to me, no matter what comes my way, I do not lose heart. I do not quit under no circumstances because I know that I receive the mercy of God. I, and, first, and, 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 and this is something we got to recognize and remember that you've already won. If you don't believe that, why don't you flip the book over to Revelation and read it? You have already won. Do you understand me? You have already overcome. Yeah, you might have a couple stumbling blocks in the way, but that's all it is. It doesn't change the end of the story. Hallelujah. So what you're going through, you've already won. Paul, see, Paul knew that. Paul said, since I received mercy, I got a call of God on my life. He's with me. Baby, I don't quit. Then, watch this. But look what he says over in uh, verses 8 and 9. I think you got this in New Living Translation for me. Did we do that? No. Uh, we didn't? Oh. But we are hard pressed on every side. Mm-hmm. You hear that? That means every Paul said, look, Paul said, everywhere I go, I'm just under stress. I got pressures all over me. He said, but I'm not crushed. <laughs> he said, I... Uh, we are perplexed. We don't have all the answers, but we ain't despairing. Right. Uh, keep on going. He said, I'm persecuted. Mm-hmm. Talked about. Laughed at. But I'm not forsaken. He ain't going to leave me. I've been struck down a few times. I mean, life has put me down. But baby, it did not destroy me. Glory to God. And he said in verse number 16, the same thing in chapter 4, he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed every day. Every day there's something, see, even though this flesh, I mean, no, your flesh is wearing down. It ain't like it used to be. You know, if you don't believe it, go look at some of your pictures when you were 15, 20. And start doing some comparisons, hallelujah. But your inward man should be full of faith. That thing should be strong. He said, look, my outward man is perishing, but inwardly, baby, I am a giant. And if I, I mean, there's something in me that's big and something in me that's determined, something in me that's powerful. He said, I don't quit. I don't lose heart. I just don't. It ain't, I don't even think about quitting. Well, you know, I just want to quit because, you know, it just seems like nothing working for me. Nobody loved me. Nobody ever think about me. And I've been just trying, you know, you know. Come on. See how the devil do? Ain't nothing about the kingdom of God. About quitting. You are an overcomer. How many know it's time you start acting like it? Now, let's go back to Luke 18. I read Luke 18 at the beginning. Now, watch this. This is good, y'all. This is, this is wonderful. Listen, in Luke chapter 18, here's this blind man, right? He hears that Jesus, <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He hears that Jesus is walking about. And how, you know, he can't see, remember, he can't see now. But somewhere along the way, he's been told about Jesus and Jesus' ability to heal him, right? He comes here comes Jesus walking through, and, and the blind man goes, what's all the commotion about? Because he can't see. What's all the way about you? Jesus is walking through. And uh, Jesus is walking through, and immediately he starts crying out. Son of David, have mercy on me. And, uh, and some of the other righteous people that's walking with the Lord, <laughs> some of the other people that love the love it, as we like to say, they said, they said, shh, shut up. You, you need to be dignified. Stop. Talk. And the, the scripture says 
that when they kept telling him to be quiet, he shouted out all the more, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. But you're embarrassing us. Please stop. <laughs> but see, when you're determined, when you want to get your breakthrough, you don't, like I said, you don't care about what people say or think. But when I need God to move for me, I'm telling you right now, either things will have to move, and if you're in the way, you got to move, but I'm going to get what, listen, Jesus, I want to be healed. See, when you really get desperate, you'll open your mouth. See, if you're still one of those quiet Christians don't like to talk about the Lord in front of other people, you ain't been desperate enough lately. Okay, let me tell you something. When you really need God to move on your behalf, boy, nobody can keep you quiet. Keep quiet. You know, you ain't supposed to be talking about the Lord on the job. No, you, don't be talking about you because people are not going to like you. They're not going to eat with you. They're going to talk about you. What did, what did the blind man do? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now, you would have thought Jesus would have said, what's wrong with that boy? He crazy. He over there screaming at me. What's wrong with him? Jesus said, no, no. Stop. 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 You come here. Now, that tells you something. Jesus responded to determination of faith. He called that man over. He said, look, what do you want me to do? Amen. What do you want? I mean, you know, if you start opening your mouth, you start crying out to Jesus in faith like that. What do you want me to do? Amen. He said, Lord, I just want to see you again. Let open my eyes that I can see. And the Bible said that Jesus healed him. And that brother went out praising God, giving God. And then people just start getting behind him. Oh, they start praising. <laughs> but what would have happened if he would have kept his mouth shut? Uh-huh. What if he just would have said, okay, not saying listen to what everybody else said. See, some folks you can't listen to. That's right. That's right. <laughs> some, people, some people you cannot listen to. They, they just, they're toxic. You, you, you just can't listen to them because they ain't speaking your language. Because what God has for you, sometimes you just got to open your mouth. You got to begin to declare some things and let people tell you how crazy you are. But who got the blessing in the end? <laughs> the crazy man got the blessing. You see? Because he really did not care about what everybody else is thinking. I want to see, and if I'm desperate, I'm going to get mine today. I don't care what you say. Now, totally the opposite. Watch this. Look at the, uh, what's the next verse I want to look at? I'm going to give you a a totally uh, opposite perspective on that. I believe it's in John. I believe it's in John chapter number, chapter 5. Watch this. John, the Gospel of John, chapter number 5, verses 1-8. Now watch this. I want you to see this. Now some of you have probably seen this before. But the Lord showed this to me. Now you see how that guy, right? You see how he was. He screamed out in faith. He said, Lord, I want to be healed. I want to see. And he was bold about it. See, that ought to tell you something about boldness. How many of you know that Jesus appreciate boldness? Not pride, but boldness. Glory to God. Look at verse number, chapter 5, verses 1-8. through Now, this, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, now, there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. 
for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in front after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, watch this. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity for how many years? 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there <laughs> and knew that he had already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Did, did, did y'all hear that? Yes. Jesus asking him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that was the Sabbath day. And I want to stop right there. Watch. Now, you would think, now we're talking about determination, right? You got to presuppose that if you walk into an environment where everybody is sick, probably, I think it wouldn't be a long shot to think that probably 99 to 100% of them would like to be healed. Right? Yes. Jesus walks up, sees this man lying there. Jesus figured out, I mean, he'd been there for a long time. Maybe he just camped out there. Maybe he just got, maybe he started having all, you know, he was just, we don't know what his infirmity was, but he was there for 38 years. Jesus walks up on the scene. Jesus says, it's almost like you look at him and say, do you want to be made well? Because something about you, see, it's not the same kind of determination that the other guy had who said, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, son of David, I want to receive my sight. That, that, see, that's what really catches Jesus' attention. But it's interesting that Jesus sees this guy laying there and he goes up to him. And it's almost like it's kind of a, a subtle kind of rebuke when he says to him, do you want to be made well? And immediately, you know what he started doing? Start talking about all the excuses about how people didn't do this and nope, everybody just stepping out in front of me. That was supposed to be mine, but somebody keep getting it and keep, you know. But you figure after 38 years, let me tell you something. I would have had my butt if I can't walk. <laughs> Brother Vincent, here's what I want you to do. I know the angel come around a certain time of the year. Brother, put me on the edge of the pool. That when the next time the angel come roll right up. Come on. Because when you're determined, baby, you, I want to get it. But see, you can, you can tell somebody who's determined by their demeanor. And, and, and Jesus looked at the demeanor and said, you obviously, you're pretty comfortable being in that condition that you're in. But baby, let me tell you something. That's me. Put me on the edge. I'm going. And I'm going to be the first one. I'm getting mine. You've got to have that kind of faith. He said, look, I'm going to get mine. I'm not going to stay up here for 38 years and just wait to die. The devil is a lie. God didn't call you to sit and wait till he come back and just die. He called you with a purpose. Amen. Come on. He didn't call you to sit there and just wait for 38 years and just kind of hope that somebody can come along. Come on. Well, you know, nobody, nobody will help me. Nobody helped me to put me in the water. The people just keep jumping in front of me. Them Christians are insensitive people. They don't care about me. I mean, the church, <laughs> you're the devil. They're supposed to be the people of God. They're supposed to be the people of God. You know? Do you want to be healed? Yeah, I like how he said, he said, he said told the brothers, say, get up, take up your bed and walk. He said, not only get up and walk, but take all your mess with you. Get up, take up your bed and walk. Get off all your junk and get out of here. See, he 
lacked something, didn't he? He lacked determination. Because God, see, God don't, God is not moved by this. You see, some of us love to get, every now and then we love getting our self-pity moves. You know how we get. You know, we get down and we just, oh. And then we figure we call somebody else. We don't call them. It's amazing. We're in pity. We don't call people to faith. We call people that's going to wallow with us. Isn't that right? Oh, Lord. Jesus. I don't know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Oh, that's just terrible. Lord Jesus. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to just, you know, just on the wall. And you know what? Let me tell you something. You can, you can look sad as you want. You can get them puppy dog out. You ever seen a real cute puppy got them puppy out? You can look. God ain't moved by your tears. Not like that. He is not moved by self-pity. Just not moved by it. You know, every time Jesus got ready to do a move, there had to be an atmosphere of faith. Jesus walked into his own hometown of Nazareth, tried to do some work. Couldn't do anything because people ain't had no faith. There's something about an atmosphere that's charged up. That's why we say you want to come in, you want to pray. You want to get what? Charged up. So you want to set the atmosphere right. So that we can invite. We say, Lord, we want you to have your come in. Well, he coming into a place where people have dead, disconnected. He won't come up and show up in a place where people are on fire. Where people are engaged. Hallelujah. See, I walk in atmosphere. I don't like no dead atmosphere. I just know that the people got to be stirred up. I know how he liked to work. Yes. Amen. He want to work. And sometimes you got to talk loud so you won't hear the doubt that's going on in your head. Sometimes I walk with her and I talk to myself. And I'll be talking loud and clear. I know they can hear me. Because the voice of me telling me, you ain't going to do anything. And I just, said, I just start talking in faith. I am an overcomer. I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. You are going to come through for me. I'm going to get the victory in all of this. I am going to make it. The devil is alive. And I just begin to say that I drown out all the voices of doubt. That's good. Amen. That's right. It's good. I don't like no quiet. You know, you're talking quiet. And you start falling asleep. Disconnected. But then we say, Lord, have your way. Really? Come on. He got to walk in that. Jesus loved to walk in the atmosphere where there's some faith. Was it Jairus' daughter? Jesus says to her, said, look, uh, don't worry. She's she's not dead. She's asleep. Everybody else come up in the room. They laughed at him. He put him out. Get out. Every one of you. Get out. Sometimes you got to put the doubting folks out. Look, if you ain't trying to look, if we up here, we got some serious praying going on, and you sitting there with your mouth wide open trying to fit, just walk on out. We'll, we'll, we'll explain it to you later. <laughs> we're trying to get we're trying to get God to move, and we don't need people. I'm just, I ain't trying to be mean, but you know what I'm talking. Might not people to sit around and they say, "I wonder Jesus, he can he really does he really heal today?" I don't even know. I almost watch and see. <laughs> you got people to sit and watch and see, and think God gonna show up in that? No, he ain't gonna show up in that. So I already know that the atmosphere got to be charged. Got to be charged. So when he show up, he show up big time. Because he said, Jesus said, when I come back on the earth, shall I find people with faith? You remember that woman who just with the unjust judge? Unjust judge said, this woman getting on my nerves. She won't quit. I'm going to get her what she wants. And Jesus commended her. Because she said, I'm determined to get what God got for me. Yeah. 
One woman said, Lord, just let me get the crumbs. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Jesus, no, no, I, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. She said, I want to hear my dog. Jesus, no, I, I can't. She said, oh, no, no, but Eve, but even the dogs get the crumbs. Jesus, oh, great is your faith, woman. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Be it unto you as according to your faith. Amen. Come on. So we got to understand that he moves by faith. Oh, glory to God. Now, now jump on over. I got another verse. I got a couple more verses. Watch this. Look at um, mm, mm, mm. Luke chapter 19. You're already in Luke. Go one for Go one verse, one chapter over. Luke chapter 19. Watch this. Verse number one. Now, y'all know about Zacchaeus, right? Now, there's some interesting things about little Zacchaeus. Well, first of all, he's a shrimp. He's short. But the brother got some money. He rich. Like a little Daniel Snyder. You know what I'm saying? You know who Daniel Snyder is? Y'all know who Daniel Snyder is? He's, a, he's the owner of the Washington Redskins. Very short guy, but he rich. Uh, but little Zacchaeus is not only, you know, short and rich, but brother is like, he's like running the IRS. He's a chief tax collector. Now, back in those days, tax collectors were not very, very nice people. They were ripping people off big time. Everybody knew it. This brother was a chief. That means he had one of them big offices. I mean, he was one of the men, one of the people. So here's Zacchaeus. Watch this. Jesus entered. Verses 1 through 8. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a certain man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector. And he was what? Rich. And he brought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Now, 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 wait, wait I want you to stop. Then watch. Now, you would think, right, this guy is short. He could easily make up a whole bunch of excuses. Because you know how we sometimes make all the excuses about why we can't do stuff. I didn't have this advantage. And, you know, I'm just too short. I'm too this. I'm too that. You know, I'm just black and I can't make it. Everybody doesn't make Come on. Amen. Excuses. See, in the kingdom of God, we ain't talking about no excuses here. Zach, Zach Kizzy, look, he's a short, he's a shrimp. He could have said, well, you know what? I'm a short guy. People always beat me up. Because, you know, short people, you know, in school, they always get, they always get jacked. They always get their money taken from them. <laughs> you know, I, everybody I never knew was short. They always had a rough time. But nobody never gave them real play, you know? Because they got short, you know? But you would think that Zacchaeus would be terribly, terribly just discouraged and just, just live a life where he just kind of shrink back. But first of all, you knew he wasn't a quitter. You knew he wasn't a quitter because, because he knew how to go out to people because he worked for the IRS. He's a tax collector. <laughs> and you know the IRS, they get after you, brother. So you knew the brother had a lot of fight in him. But, but, but watch this. So he ran ahead and climbed up into the sycamore tree. <laughs> To see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. Uh -huh. So he went, so he made haste, came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they, you know, those day, the holy people, yeah. the church people, you know, the spirit filled people. Yeah. yeah. The speaking in tongue people. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when they saw it, they all complain, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a what? Sinner. Ain't that something? Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, look, 
I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, look at this. Zacchaeus, this man was so determined. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't climb no trees no more. Now, some of y'all young blood, y'all might can do it, but you know, you know, none of us, we ain't climbing no, come on. We ain't climbing no, little brother Zacchaeus, oh, she said she climbing a tree, you go for it. <laughs> but little, little Zacchaeus, instead of sitting there complaining about how short he is, well, I guess I'm just thinking, I'm just, I guess, you know, just not meant for me to see Jesus. <laughs> no, he, he's walking by. <laughs> well, I guess it's just for me, I just, I'm too short, so if God wanted me to see him, then he would have made me taller. <laughs> right? He could have thought like that. That brother said, where you at? Where you at? And he he jumped up on a tree. I'm going to see him. Climb the tree. Now, here's the thing. And I I read the scripture because I wanted to understand. I want to see. Did did he call out? Did he say something? He didn't say nothing. He just got up. He climbed the tree. And Jesus just happened to him. (laughs) He just happened to look up. You think he just happened to look up? No, 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 no. You know the other story about the paraplegic that was paralyzed and they couldn't get him into the room and they put a hole in the roof and dropped him down. So we gonna get you gonna get healed today. We gonna cut us a hole and boil him. And he got his healing, didn't he? Determinate. Zacchaeus said, "Look, I'm climbing a tree." He just he just stood there and Jesus said. I'm coming to your house today. And all the religious folks got mad. Now, this guy was a sinner. And that goes to tell. Now, here's what I want you to see. You cannot even have it all together. That's right. But boy, if you will just believe him, he responds to faith. Yeah. You see how powerful faith is? Zacchaeus didn't have it all together. Because he started talking about how he's going to get everybody about the money he stole. <laughs> <laughs> and he read the scripture. Yeah. Soon you see Jesus, I'm gonna give back everything. Everything I stole, everything I'm giving all, all of it. I give it all back to you. <laughs> so you knew the brother had issues. Yeah. And Jesus said, "Salvation has come to your house." Why? Because he saw his faith and his determination. Well, I want God to move on my behalf. Are you determined to get your breakthrough? See, if you are, then you need to act like it, and you need to walk like you're gonna get what you're believing God for. Well, I want to reach people. I want, to, I want my ministry to go. Then you better start acting like it. You better get up and do something to show God, Lord, I'm going to do this. And he responded. The other story, the other story, you know, the, the, the woman, and I'm not going to have a turn there because I'm going I'm to agree to end this. But, but you remember the woman that had an issue of blood? Yes. Twelve years she's hemorrhaging. Twelve years. Spent every single dime that she had. Nobody could heal her. Now, you might think, now this story is found in, uh, just for you all who want to take notes, this story is found in Luke chapter number 8 and is also found in Matthew chapter number 9. But you would think that this woman would maybe just kind of give up and, you know, the doctor said, she's kind of like reminding me of, we went to pray for uh, Michelle's sister-in-law, Kevin's sister. And uh, I was just amazed. Because as we're praying for her, she's ministering. She's talking about what God is going to do, how she wants God to get the glory for this. She ain't even talking about herself. She's talking about, that's how I know she's going to get exactly her healing because she got faith and determination. 
She would you know, she could have had every reason to sit there and just say, it's done. I'm just going to sit here and die. I'm just, you know, I pretty much, no, no, no. She ain't talking nothing like that. Nothing like that. Here's this woman. She hears about Jesus. She got an issue of blood 12 years. And she hears that Jesus come in town and she start getting out behind him. I imagine that she was probably hemorrhaging when she was trying to get to him. But the scripture says that she said in her heart. See, see, here's what she would think. She said, if I could just touch him, if I can get my hands on him, I want to get the healing. I just got to see sometimes, you, you know, you know, what I'm you just got to get you just got to touch God. And sometimes you got to work at it. Sometimes it takes hours. Sometimes it takes days. Sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years. But you just keep pressing in. I imagine that there were a whole lot of people that she had to try to get through in order to touch him. Because, because Peter, if you read the story, Jesus was always under pressure. People always trying to get something from him. People all, and, 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 and all these people around Jesus, and this woman comes up, she's desperate. She's thinking, I, I, if I could just get to him, I could, I could get to him. I know if I touch him, I'm going to get my healing. I just know if I could touch him, I'm going to get my healing. And she pressed through the crowd. How I many know it was a crowd? It had to be a crowd there. So it had to be people that was probably in her way. She might even knock a couple people down. I'm just, you know, you want, you get desperate. Some folk, you just need to knock them all your way. In the spirit. And this woman pressed and she pressed and she's thinking, if I touch him, I touch him. I got it. I got it. And she finally breaks through and she touched the hem of his garment. And mind you, Jesus was already under, a whole bunch of people were thronging him and touching him. And Jesus stopped dead in his tracks. Whoa, whoa. Now, he was on his way to heal Jerry's daughter. He was going to heal somebody else. But on the way, somebody, t- he stopped. And he said, who touched me? Uh, Peter and the disciples said, Lord, what's wrong with you? Said, all these people touching you. Can you feel all these people around you touching you? <laughs> Jesus said, no, no. Power have just gone out of me. Mm, Woo! He said, power. And something, this wasn't, the, this wasn't just a casual, I love you. How you doing? No, no. Power went out of me. It stopped him dead in his tracks. He said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And the woman came trembling, trembling. Jesus, oh woman, great, great, great is your faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. And she knew the moment she touched him that she was healed. And Jesus knew it. Faith and determination, he'll stop in his tracks. You get a people foundation. I'm going to tell you, we can be the kind of church that, boy, that we can be so full of faith, so full of passion for Jesus. We're so hungry that Jesus, he'll stop and he'll be like 395, what is it, 365, sweet 101, guess, and we wrote, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Faith is right there. I'm going up in there. Faith will stop him dead in his tracks. Jesus stopped what he was doing. Zacchaeus up in a tree. I'm going to your house. I'm not going to all the religious people's house. All the people that's, that talk a good game. I'm going to your house. See, I see you're a person of faith. Because look what you're doing to demonstrate how much you believe in me. So you got to demonstrate to God. You got to just say, I believe you, Lord. I love you. What have you done to show him that you love him? See, the woman that had the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd, bleeding and all. 
And she finally got there and Jesus said, who touched me? Somebody just touched me with a kind of faith that it stopped me and let me see that person. He, he never met the person. He never seen the person, but it was faith. It's like Jesus, the Bible says that he goes to and through his eyes, to and through the entire earth, looking for somebody to whom to show himself strong. Come on. He's always going about looking for people. He's, I mean, I, I, I imagine that he was walking today. He saw Zacchaeus up in the tree. He's just looking for faith. Show me some people that got some faith. Show me somebody who will believe my word and take me at my word. Show me somebody who don't just talk a good game, but they demonstrate their faith to me. Show me that kind of people. I'll get behind them. That's what I'm looking for. You, you're tracking with me. So we say we, we want God to move. That's how you get in the move. we got to do something. That's not that we're working. It's just we're believing. <laughs> Are you with me? It's not working. You're believing. I believe you. Amen. Well, well it's, there you go. Faith without work is what? Dead. Do something. Show God that you believe him. You say you love me. You say you believe me. What are you doing to prove it? Well, I believe it. Okay, good. Then, then show me. And when, when we start doing that, that's when God will start moving. Because now he can believe you. Because he said, he, said, he said in one part of the scripture, he said, these people draw near to me with their lips. But they ain't really connected with me. They talk about how much faith, they talk about how much you love me, but I don't see nothing in their life that tells me they're really serious about what they're saying. See, I was telling Brother Vincent yesterday, I said, see, we're in the deep water now. I told Sister Michelle, I told Sister Michelle at our staff meeting, she said, and we was talking about the lease, and I, I said, you know, the landlord wanted me and my wife to guarantee the money. She said, oh. She said, I, I need you to say that. I said, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I, I said, I, did, I said, baby, baby, we in the deep now. Yeah. But see, we're in a situation now that if God don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Amen. So I already know that I'm, we are positioned for a miracle. Amen. Come on. We are already positioned because now God got to show up. Now, God, I'm doing my part. I'm stepping out into the deep. I'm out here now. Ain't no time to be looking back, talking about I want to go back. No, no, no. I'm out here now, brother. Ain't no turning back. I'm like, God, you got the puzzle. If he don't do it, it ain't going to get done. How many say you want to live like that? That's what you really call living on the edge. I want to do a sermon series, Living on the Edge. That's what living on the edge means, brother. That if God don't show up, you ain't going to make it. Don't give me the comfort of your checkbook and you got all your bills paid, everything's going well. Put me in a situation that I know if you don't show up, I can't make it. It's going to take. It's going to go under. Put me in that kind of situation. Right there. Right there. Oh, glory to God. Don't tell me what God will not do for people of faith. Of people that will believe him. You can take a small church like this and you got people with big time. T- if the woman issued a blood, she was only one person. Yeah. How many of us in here? Yeah, that's right. And look what he did for her. Look what he did with the 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of the 12, you're here today. <laughs> because of the 12, there's somebody else. Worship services going on all over the world. Churches all over the place because of 12 people who were uneducated, who didn't have no money, broke. How many of you say broke? I'm broke. Broke? Yeah, no money. Not really. Broke. 
but he got to come through. And now we're at a place now where you say, well, you know what? You've been, you know, we've been, we've been receiving the Lord's, uh, uh, you know, word. We've been getting the word for all these years. And, and, you know, we've been getting all this education. Some of us got so much word in us, we're about to pop. <laughs> we don't need, give me a good word, Pastor. You don't need no good word. You just need to act on what you know. <laughs> Come on, you know. Some of us, we got enough word. We, we, give me some more word. We don't need no more word. Well, I left the church today and preaching the word. How much of it are you living? <laughs> yeah, people say, ah, oh, they ain't preaching or they ain't feeding me enough. What else do you want? What are you doing? What's changing your life? Come on, what's changed? I guess the kids, I guess it's time to quit. All right. All right. Every head, body, eyes closed.